Amen. Amen. How many of you have your Bibles tonight? Why don't you open them up? Go to Jeremiah chapter 23. And we will start with verse 28 and we'll read verse 29. Amen. Of course, we know pastor is not here, but I've got a testimony. I don't know how many of y'all have heard. Did you share it with him this morning, Brother Goff? Oh, man, he took the... I was going to... Yeah. <laughs> I was teaching this morning. Amen. But... uh he said, I should have been preaching this morning. No, I'm, I'm sure you guys were happy with brother. I heard, heard they did an awesome job this morning. Amen. I've not had a chance to listen to it yet, but I will. Amen. But pastor went down to Texas, preached for Brother Jackson Highlands, Texas. And young lady by the name of, I don't know if it's Tanaris or Tamaris. Anybody know? And Tanaris. But he's been teaching her Bible studies or had been teaching her Bible studies off and on for a while. And um, she came to our church one time, amen, but uh, she did not receive the Holy Ghost that time, amen, but uh, she has moved down to the Houston area, and Pastor invited her to join them in service this morning, and she was there. First of all, that's the first miracle, amen, but the second and most notable miracle is that she received the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. And then that, it didn't stop there. They baptized her in Jesus' name. And I got to see a little video clip of it. And it was so cool because she was splashing and wallowing all over the baptismal tank. You could tell it was a genuine outpouring of the Holy Ghost for Tanaris. And I'm thankful that God still pours out his spirit in this last day. Hallelujah. This isn't fake. This isn't made up. Hallelujah. You're attending an apostolic Pentecostal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't have to substitute it for some cheap rendition of, of religion. Amen. But we're seeking, amen, what God promised to his people. And it's available. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't know, amen, how tonight will turn out. I've got, a, I've got some direction for the service. Amen. It is good to have each of our guests with us this evening. Amen. I want to say thank you to you for being a part of our service. Amen. Pastor Riggin is not here. Um, he is down, down in Texas, as I mentioned. And uh, you owe it to yourself. If you haven't heard him preach, uh, you owe it to yourself to come back. We're not glorifying a man. Amen. But we're talking about a man that is sincere, that's hungry to share truth. Amen. He's got a passion for sharing truth and for sharing what thus saith the word of the Lord. And if you're hungry for that, I encourage you to come back, amen, and uh, hear what, uh, hear uh, him preach, amen, and uh, have the Lord minister to you that way. If you have your Bibles, go to Jeremiah 23, <clears throat> and we'll read verse 28. If you're there, say amen. 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 I'm here too. We're all there together. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a good day today. You guys were ready for me to start reading the scripture, and I'm, I'm still enjoying. I told, we were on our way to church this morning, and my, I told my wife, I said, it's just an awesome day. And I don't know what is so great about it, except, you know, it is the day that the Lord hath made. Amen. But I'm just glad to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I'm grateful for his presence. Amen. Grateful for his faithfulness to me. Where would I be without his mercy? Amen. Jeremiah 23, 28. I'll read it this time. Promise. The prophet hath that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. If he has a dream, let him tell it. 
And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Let him be faithful to my word. Let him speak it faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Verse 29 says, Is not my word like as a fire? Saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. Amen. The old prophet, Jeremiah, they call him the weeping prophet. Amen. Because he had such a passion and the people of Israel would not listen to what he had to say. Amen. And, uh, but he delivered the word with such passion. Is describing the word of God. Is not my word. And under the inspiration, under the direction, under the influence of of God himself because you can see the verse line, first line of this verse that's on the wall is not my word like as a fire saith the Lord the, the prophet was speaking but God was speaking through the prophet in this scripture and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces amen if you have a few moments tonight why don't you lay down your Bibles and, and ask the Lord to anoint my mind anoint my heart but also anoint your mind and your heart we want the Lord to have his way tonight don't we can we pray to that end tonight? Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity to be in your house, to feel your presence. Thank you, Lord God, for Brother Nelson following the leading of the Holy Ghost. Pray, Lord, that you would touch every mind and every heart, every ear, every spirit in this place. God, let us receive with meekness the God your word that's able to save us and to change us. Change me according to your word. I believe you, I trust you, I worship you. Hallelujah. Why don't we begin to magnify the Lord tonight from the bottom of our heart. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Prophet Jeremiah, in this passage of Scripture, I... I want you to understand that I'm going to make application with this passage because the, the interpretation of the scripture that we read as a text tonight is really the prophet comparing false prophets with the, the true word of God or those who are speaking in this text, he uses the word dream. Those are sharing their dreams versus those who are speaking the word faithfully, and he compares it, or uses this metaphor, the chaff and the wheat. And he says, you know, uh, what is the chaff to the wheat? What is the chaff to the wheat? How, how can we compare the two? The chaff is just empty, useless straw. It's trash when it comes to, when you're trying to bring in a harvest and you have chaff there, the, the, the first line of business is to clear out all the chaff and then to get to the fruit to get to the grain to get to the wheat that has value and, and nutrition and he's comparing the dreams of these prophets with the the prophets who have the word of god and are speaking the word faithfully uh with having the nutrition and having the wheat amen but how many of you when you have a dream Amen. So, so that's the interpretation. But I, I want to take this and, and go a little bit further with this tonight and, and make some application tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about a dreaming prophet. Amen. The, the, this, how many of you have had a dream? And the, the moment you wake up, uh, I know that this is generally the case for me. If I don't tell my dream immediately, I'll forget what I dreamt about. 
Yeah, I, generally that's the case. It might just be me and Brother Goff, but I don't think so. I think most of us have the same problem. I, I do know that I have memory problems. Brother Goff can attest to that. My wife can attest to that. Everybody that knows me can attest to that. Brother Nelson's over there laughing because he knows it's true. Amen. <clears throat> Thank the Lord for good, faithful saints of God. You have mercy on other saints of God. Amen. Amen. Brother Josh is also laughing. I'll just point that out too. Amen. But, but, um, but it's not just me with my memory problems. It's, it's most of us. If we don't tell, this, tell the story about our dream, we're probably going to forget it later on in the day. So we, are, we have a sense of urgency when we wake up to share that dream with somebody if anybody's available to hear it. Brother, you should have just heard the, I mean, you should have just, you, you, sh, uh, you should hear what I dreamt about last night. Or, or sister, you should, you should hear what I was, what I dreamt about last night. You just want to share with, especially, particularly if it's, if it's a crazy dream, right? You, you want to get it off your chest and, and make sure it's notated and make sure everybody knows that you're crazy. <laughs> Amen. But, uh, the, the prophet is talking about those who have these dreams and, uh, and he's comparing it in this context to prophets. And I want to take this and make application. How much more would it be so if God were to give a man of God a dream and he were to give him some vision in the night? In fact, that's a scriptural term that I just said, a vision in the night while you're laying on bed, a vision in the night. Amen. The, the, God has used in the past and will use in the future dreams to communicate with his people. And, and particularly men that are sensitive to that. Men that are, that are prophets. And, and I'm not going to take the time to go through all these stories, but we'll talk about some stories tonight. And I'm not trying to elevate those who have dreams and, and visions from God as more spiritual than others. Uh, just, just bear with me for a little bit. We're going to go somewhere. Amen. But... but we, we understand that if God gives someone a dream, I'm sure. Now, I've never had this before, I don't think, where God has given me a dream. But I can use my imagination, can I? If, if you were to have a dream, Brother Jaheem, from God, and God spoke to you and illustrated to you in beautiful color and, and story and narrative and said, this is what's going to happen at this particular date and time with this particular person, wouldn't you want to go tell somebody? Probably the first and foremost would be pastor. Hey, pastor, am I crazy? Or your parents, mom, dad, am I crazy? Like, what is going on here? I had this dream. I don't know if it was the pizza, the beans, or the Lord. Amen. Amen. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that, that God does speak to us in dreams, okay? And uh, we can, <clears throat> I'll show you some scriptures, amen, here in a little bit. But how much more, if God were to give us a dream, amen, would we feel an obligation to communicate that dream? Share the story. Share the narrative. Share, amen, what God has given to you. Amen. I, so just get that in your mind. Think about that. Amen. I think that each and every one of us could agree to that point. If you had a dream from God that you would feel an urge or a desire at the very least to share that with somebody. All right? Amen. But the interesting thing in our text, before we go any further, is that the, that the prophet uses an, an, another analogy, not just dreams, but he uses an analogy of the fire and hammer to describe the Word of God. Now, we talked about fire 
recently before, amen, that, that God is a consuming fire and all this, but the prophet uses that, that uh, metaphor again to describe the word of God specifically. And why? Why did he use the, the fire, use fire to describe the word? Well, fire takes a long, sometimes can take a, a period of time to consume or to accomplish what it is doing. If it's going to, if it's going to burn up wood, it can take time. It doesn't happen like that unless it's, there's the, the setting or the scenario is particularly combustible. The, the right conditions, the right elements, the right, uh, the right materials are there for it to consume quickly. Generally, it will take time. And then I remember when I was in construction that, and believe me, there was a time in my life where uh, I really worked. I'm not, I didn't, I didn't sit behind a desk all of my life. I mean, I, you know, I, I prefer that, but that's not, that's not how I, I didn't, you know, I mean, okay, this is going nowhere, so we'll just move on. But anyway, the, the, believe it or not, I, I, I know how to swing a hammer without hitting my thumb. Now, I have hit my thumb a few times, but I also know how to do it without hitting my thumb. And the, and the reason I know that is because I worked with uh, Pastor Hilton down in Lewisburg and, and uh, another gentleman that used to attend our church, another man that used to attend our church. And, uh, <laughs> and I used to work with him. And those guys knew how to work. They knew how to put in the labor. They knew how to sweat. And sometimes I was scratching my head like, why are we doing it this way when we have a skid steer right over here? And, and uh, they didn't. They didn't appreciate me, but I didn't appreciate them because they would take me and put, they called me the laborer. And they told me that I had to grab all the tools and take it out of the truck and take it to the job, put it and lay it out. And, and I had to think about what they're going to do in the next couple of hours and put things in the right place so that whatever. And uh, I didn't know what they were doing, but they wanted me to do that. Okay. Well, over time I learned. Anyway, but also there were times where they expected me to get the sledgehammer. And the skid steer with the hydraulic, uh, with the, with the hydraulic jackhammer couldn't get too close. What we did was flat work. And so many times it was in the residential areas and we had to rip out, tear out the old driveways that were there in order to put new ones there. You don't put, uh, yeah, anyway. So, so we had to rip them out. Well, you know, Brandon's over there in the jacket. And I'm over there with the hammer. Whack. Whack. And, uh, <clears throat> Now, thankfully, it was a sledgehammer, so it was heavy, and it, 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 but they put me on the stoop. They put me up against the, the, the garage where, where we were afraid of breaking off or chipping the, the lip of the garage. We didn't want to cause any damage to the house. The purpose was to tear out, was to tear out the driveway so we could put a new one there. We didn't want to damage any other areas of the house or any other parts of the house. And so, you know, me and my, my skillful swinging, I would swing and, and chunk by chunk, chip by chip, I would break off some concrete. And I'd have to pick it up off the ground, throw it in the bucket, and do it again over and over and over and over until I cleared out all of the concrete that was attached to the house. And it took time. Many times that was probably 50% of my day. Because we're getting, you know, we'd rip it out, get everything set up. Next day we'd come and pour. So the prep day, we would get out there and it was, it was a bunch of hard work. 
Amen. It took a lot of time. And, and that's what I've, I, and, and now I don't think Prophet Jeremiah was thinking about me swinging a, a sledgehammer. That's not what he was. But I think the, the metaphor that he's saying is a hammer against a rock. If, if for whatever reason, back in, in the olden days, in ancient times, when they were developing different areas of land, they would have to remove rocks. They would have to chip away at rocks that were in their way. If they wanted to put a home here, if they wanted to dig this out of this hill, whatever. I mean, they'd have to, and they, they understood it better than I did. I mean, they would get chisels and they'd get sledgehammers and they would, they would chip away at the rock. And over time, over time, they would accomplish what they set out to do. And he's saying that's what the word of God is like. Sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it takes a consistent word. Sometimes it takes, uh, amen, a period of time. Uh, amen. Sometimes it's a long period of time. Amen. Before the word of God that is set out to do what God wants it to do, amen, will accomplish the thing it's supposed to do. Sometimes it takes time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And oftentimes during these periods of time, amen, we can question. We can start to wonder, amen, whether or not the words of the prophet or whether or not, amen, the things that are being said to me are in fact true. Because I'm not seeing the results that he's saying. I'm not seeing, amen, I'm not, I'm not seeing the results that are being told to me and therefore, is this really a prophet? Is this really a word from God? Am I really hearing from God or not? Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe it's just me. Amen. But I've come to preach perhaps to just myself. Uh, amen. Tonight. Amen. Uh, Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It's not going to come back void. It's, it shall accomplish that which I please. If it's God's word, it will accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. God set this precedent early on with the people of Israel. He chose a man, amen, to, uh, to be uh, the liaison, if you will, to be, amen, the communicator between him and the rest of mankind. He chose a man, amen, that to whom he would give dreams, amen, and visions, and a direction, and word, so that that man can communicate it to others. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses, verse 15 says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken. Unto him ye shall hearken. Amen. When we think of a prophet, many times we think of prophecies. We think of a, a foreteller, one who knows the future. Amen. But in the Old Testament, when you read the word prophet, especially in the King James Version, it's more than just a foreteller. Amen. Oftentimes, uh, uh, let me just uh, let me just make sure that I normally we think about the prophecies of future, but the word in the Old Testament many times, and really in the New Testament, I mean, many times is referring to someone who is a spokesman, who is speaking on behalf of another, and the Bible calls Aaron 
The Bible in this particular case, in Exodus chapter 7 verse 1, calls Aaron Moses prophet. Why? Why did, do you know the story about when Moses went to the fiery, uh, to the, to the burning bush and he was supposed to communicate to Pharaoh, but Moses said, God, I, I have a hard time talking. And the Lord said, okay, here's Aaron and he's going to be a prophet unto you. That's not saying that God is going to work through Aaron to speak to Moses, but that's, that's saying that Moses is going to work through Aaron to speak to Pharaoh. That, that Moses could use Aaron to communicate. And that is the, the office of a prophet. That is the work of a prophet, is to understand a word, to understand a message, to understand, amen, the vision or the dream, if you will. Amen. And then communicate it to those who would listen. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Amen. I feel like the Lord is trying to accomplish something. I know this may be basic, might not even be typical for a Sunday night, but I'm just going to, amen, do what I know to do. Amen. Tonight. And if you'll bear with me, I think we might get to where I believe the Holy Ghost wants us to go. Amen. I feel like the Holy Ghost wants to help us tonight. Hallelujah. Did you come in faith tonight? Did you come believing God's word? Amen. Did you come, amen, to lift up his name, to worship him? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The term prophecy means more than just foretelling of the future. It's God's chosen method to communicate with his people. Amen. Second Peter 1 and 21 tells us that prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. It wasn't somebody's great idea. It wasn't somebody's... I better be careful. I... It wasn't, wasn't just another good eye, but this, it didn't come, prophecy came not in old time by the will of God. Now that we know that what it was not, let's hear what it is. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's a scriptural definition of what prophecy is. Prophecy is where holy men of God, earnestly, in the fear of God, seek out a word from God, amen, moved by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Speak. Amen. On behalf of God. Amen. Do you believe in that office tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. I'll ask you again. Do you believe that God uses men to speak? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about just anybody. I'm not talking about somebody who, who had bad pizza, had a bad dream, amen, had to share it with somebody. That's not what I'm, I'm talking about. Holy men of God, qualified by God, chosen by God, speak as they're moved by God. Don't get me wrong, though. The prophet is still a man. He's called by God. He's a holy man of God. Amen. But he still can make mistakes. You can search the entire Bible and you won't find any divinely empowered prophet. They don't become, they don't become demigods as soon as they're called. We don't, they, they don't become, they don't become uh, over spiritualized uh, uh, divine beings because they got a call of God on their life. These are still men. Men used by God. Men trying to be used. Men whose sole focus or, or total focus or, or primary focus at the very least uh, is to please God. 
Amen. To understand God. Amen. To have a relationship with God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about prophets of God. Hallelujah. Amen. God has always used fallible human men. The only man in the Bible that was infallible that was called a prophet is Jesus. Yes, he was called a prophet in the New Testament, but he was more than just a prophet. Hallelujah. Amen. There's nobody that could stand in the office that Jesus stood. He was God incarnate. He was, amen, God in flesh. Amen. With the sole purpose of saving mankind. Hallelujah. 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 This is how you can discern, my friend, between a real prophet of God and just another man. Amen. Blowing smoke. Just another individual who claims, perhaps claims a title. Amen. But you can use this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 18 through 22. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth. I, the, the, the word of God is telling that, that God will raise up a prophet. God will bring up an individual, a man from among the, so it's one like you and me. Somebody like you and me. Amen. Who raised up as a prophet. Called by God though. Separated by God. And then the Bible says that he will put my words in his mouth. And he shall speak unto them all that I have commanded him. Verse 19 says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. I'll just let that sink in. I can, I can commentate on all, each of these scriptures, but I think a lot of them speak for themselves. But the prophet, verse 20, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. God's built in a, a foolproof system, Brother Goff. I, I, I would venture to say this, that God is the primary individual concerned about his word. He's the one, amen, protecting, amen, the, the eternal power. He's the one protecting its, uh, its, its integrity. God is God's primary, God is more concerned about the integrity of his word than you and I could ever be. And therefore, if one individual claims to be a prophet, uh, prophesies in his name, but says the wrong thing, he shall die. Or even if he's saying the right thing, but he's claiming in the name of another God, he shall die. Even that prophet shall die. Verse 21, and, it, and if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? How can we tell? They all preach and they all sound the same. They all look and they all feel the same sometimes. If you, if you are, uh, if, if you read your Bible Amen. You, you better not be going off of feeling. Think about Isaac and his boy, Jacob. Jacob came up and said, Daddy, I feel a lot like Esau. And it deceived Isaac. Amen. If we're going off of just feeling, there are some feelings out there that are awfully similar. 
Elder uh, Daniel Stevens preaches an incredible message on that subject, so I'm not even going to try to re-preach it. Plus, we got a lot of other places to go tonight. So, um, highly recommend you go look for it. If you can't find it, I can help you find it on the website. It is on our website. He preached it here. Amen. If you say in your heart, well, okay, now how do I tell? How do I know the difference between the right, between a real man of God and a, a false prophet? How, do, how can I tell the difference? Verse 22 says, when a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. If it doesn't happen, it's pretty simple. It's really easy. Really very easy. Amen. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. Okay. This is just foundation. Okay. So let me pick it up a little bit. I don't want you guys to fall asleep before we're done here tonight. That's not my goal. Counter to perhaps popular opinion at the moment. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We Perhaps we have arrived at a place in, in Pentecost where we feel like we can sit back and place judgment on whether or not a man of God is, is really truly a man of God or not. And uh, I, let me just warn you, I, I don't want to stay here too long, amen, but let me just warn you, amen, when you do that, you're taking the position that God says, I've already got this, I've already got this position covered. I've already got this taken care of. If the man is claiming he's preaching in my name and he's not, he's going to die. If he's preaching the truth in some, other, uh, in some other God's name, then he's going. So God has got this taken care of. Amen. So how do we think that we can step into his position and say, no, 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 that's not right. No, 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 that's not right. No, this is not right. Amen. Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 says, and he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision. And I will speak unto him in a dream. I mean, this is a method that the Lord, and I'm not here to just seek out and to prove just this one point, but I want you to understand that the Lord does deal and interact with mankind. This is a scriptural principle. This is a biblical amen, idea that, that I'm proposing to you tonight, that God is interested. He's, he's invested. Amen. This is what he wants to do. Amen. He wants to save mankind. He wants you and I, amen, to be with him for eternity. And so the chosen method, amen, the chosen route is to choose a man, a prophet among you, amen, a one that is holy, one that fears God, one that earnestly seeks after God. Amen. And then he will give to him a vision and will speak to him in a dream. Hallelujah. Job chapter 33, verses 14 and through 17. For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. You, perhaps you're wondering why God chose this method. I can't, I can't even venture to try to explain to you, amen, the reasons why God chose anything to, to do anything that he does. Amen. But I see a glimpse of some understanding in this passage. Amen. That even that God has already tried. God has already commanded. He's already tried to communicate. And so he's just seeking out men and perhaps even women. Amen. Who would seek to understand 
what he's already commanded us, what he's already told us. Amen. It's in his word. Amen. That we would earnestly contend for what he's already Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He said, God speaks once, uh, yea, twice, uh, but nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. Hallelujah. Verse 15, he goes on to say, in the same context, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, and slumberings upon the bed, then he openeth the ears of men, and sealeth their instruction that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. Oh, I don't want to, maybe I, Sister Sister Nelson, I'm thinking about some messages uh, that the old elder used to preach uh, about uh, the, the old engine, uh, amen, uh, what, what was the message? The engine uh, of, of apostasy, is that what it was? The old engine of apostasy, amen, the engine of apostasy, the thing that drives, uh, amen, the man that runs away from God is his own pride. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Goff, I can't help but preach, amen, the truth, amen, in this generation. I can't help but preach, amen, the life-changing message in this generation. Oh, God. Hallelujah. I'm starting to feel a little bit, amen, like Brother Jeremiah, amen, it burns within me. I want to see young people. I want to see old people. I want to see moms and dads and families across America. Understand what God's already spoken. Understand, he's tried over and over and over to communicate with us. Hallelujah. 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 God said, I'll choose who the prophet is. This thing isn't based on some individual's whim or feeling or some individual's parents' whim or feeling. The only one who can place a prophet of God is God himself. Hallelujah. I wasn't planning on inserting this until, until a little bit later, but I'm going to take the time right here because I feel prompted. Amen. But I want to tell you that we, amen, sit in a church. And again, I, I don't want you to misunderstand me. Please don't twist what I'm saying. I'm not elevating a man. Amen. But we sit in a church where there is a, a God called man who's got distinct purpose, direction, vision, and dreams to whom God has spoken over and over and has demonstrated to you and I, amen, the glory, amen, not necessarily associated with Pastor Riggin, amen, but because there's a hungry people that believe in an institution that God has established in the New Testament, amen, when God anoints a man to speak the word of God, amen, and people who believe... God will meet his people with glory in that kind of a situation. You want to see old, you want to see New Testament revival. You want to see an apostolic move of the Holy Ghost. Find you a man of God. Find you a preacher. Find you a prophet. Find you a dreaming prophet. 
Let's just talk to the Lord right now. No, 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 not, not so you can uh, submit yourself to another man's ideology. That's not what I'm preaching. That's not what I'm saying. You can double check. You can, you can cross check every word a real man of God has to say with his word, with God's word, with this word. The prophet's job is to share what God has already said. That's his job. We got the answer key right here. You got the answer key in your home, in your pew. Hallelujah. You have the answers right here. But you need a holy man of God and meant to bring it to your attention. You need a holy man of God to say, hey, why don't you take a look at this verse? Why don't you, I'm going to remind you of this verse, this principle, this, this passage. So that you can know where you stand, where we stand as a church, as a body. I'm so thankful for a man of God. Hallelujah. I'm grateful for one who will stand. Hallelujah. In unprecedented times. With the burden of God's word on his shoulders. Do you understand the weight you understand the gravity that a man feels when he stands behind a pulpit? Unless you've ever stepped into that position, I would dare say you probably don't. Hallelujah. I'm sure you felt conviction. I'm sure you felt uh, amid the leading and the direction of God's spirit. I, I don't doubt your experience. Uh, amen. But unless, uh, amen, you've had that burning sensation within your soul. Amen. To, to deliver, amen, with urgency, Brother Nelson. Amen. To deliver, amen, with direction. Amen. To deliver with expression. Amen. To deliver with compassion. My God, to deliver with compulsion. Amen. To deliver what thus saith the word of God. I'm here to tell amen in 2023 generation that God still speaks. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 709. We got we got a little bit of time here tonight. Amen. Somebody, amen. Tap your wrist or something if we go too long. I don't want to go too long. Amen. I do believe the Lord wants to speak to us. I think the Lord's speaking to me as I'm preaching here tonight. I'm grateful for his word. Amen. Hallelujah. God said, I'm going to choose the prophet. I'm going to choose the man. Amen. This is uh, this thing is not based on personal feelings or motivations or agendas. Amen. Those are the prophets that will be that will die according to scripture. The ones who are driven by personal ambition and motivation. And perhaps, amen, as with other areas in scripture, when the Lord says that they die, it's not necessarily a physical death. It can be, amen, a spiritual death. 
Hallelujah. Amen. But we leave that up to God. Amen. Because that's nowhere near our department. I come to church in faith. I come to church trusting. Amen. That God sees my sincere heart. Amen. And living for him. And will lead me to one. Amen. A sincere and holy man of God. Who's got his anointed word burning in his heart. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. But I don't want to just go through the motions. I don't want to go through mass. I don't want to go amen, through ceremonies or expressions of, of sacrifice. I want God to change me. I want God to save me. Hey, I'm not playing games. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to spend eternity, amen, in a burning hell, amen, designed for Satan and his minions. Amen, I want to walk in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Oh. Hallelujah. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Somebody tell me where the admonition of the Lord comes from. Somebody tell me, amen, if you don't have that conviction where his fear comes from. Where are you going to get it? Hallelujah. 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 Let's just talk to the Lord right now. I trust you, Lord. I believe you. Know that you're able, Savior. Hallelujah, 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 Tells the story of a man of God, a prophet, Micaiah, or Micaiah, however you pronounce his name. I did go and try to listen to pronunciation, and I could not figure it out. Blue Letter Bible is much smarter than I am. Amen. It was like Micaiah or something. And I was like, that is not how I learn English. <clears throat> Amen. But Micaiah, or we'll just go with Micaiah, or Micaiah. Speaking, he was speaking to the kings of Judah and, and Israel. These men were, the kings were getting ready to go to battle, and they were looking for direction. They were looking for an answer. They needed some direction. How many of you have been there where you, where you, you have a decision to make? And you, you need some, some help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many are there tonight? No, I'm not asking you to raise your hands. I, I just want you to think about it. You need a man of God. That's what a pastor is for. That is what a prophet is for. That is what your man of God is for. Amen. But these kings in charge of a lot have a lot of responsibility on their shoulders, had to make a decision. I'm, I'm going to battle. I'm going to, call, I'm going to spend the lives of my people or not. Big decisions. And so they go 
to the prophets. And some are, are telling them that you will have tremendous victory. And they are bringing in, they are bringing in the show. They, they have example after example of how and why and where. And, and they produce evidence for their message from God, their word from God. And they're saying, you'll have tremendous victory. But Micaiah comes in with a different message in 2 Chronicles chapter 18. This we will read, verses 13 through 16. He says, as the Lord liveth, even what my God saith, that will I speak. That is, if, if you remember, we just read this a moment ago. This is one of the markers of a true man of God. Everything that God commands him to speak, he will speak. We read that in Deuteronomy chapter 18. I believe it was Deuteronomy 18. Yeah, Deuteronomy 18, 18 through 22. He said, as the Lord, whatever God tells me to tell you, I'm going to tell you. Verse 14, and when he was come to the king, the king said unto him, Micaiah, shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I forbear? And he said, go ye up and prosper, and they shall be delivered into your hand. Verse 15, and the king said to him, how many times shall I adjure thee that thou say nothing but the truth to me in the name of the Lord? Verse 16, he goes, then he said, I did see. He said, I saw. I saw. Could I say that he had a dream? Or perhaps a vision? He said, I saw, I did see all Israel scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no masters. master. Let them return, therefore, every man to his house in peace. Micaiah said, I'm going to speak the word of God. And I really don't know what's going on in verse 14, where he says, go ye up and prosper. But when Push came to shove, verse 15, he said, I did see. Let me just, let me just, I don't know what it means. I don't know. I, I can't tell you exactly everything, but I could just tell you what I saw. And I saw the children of Israel scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return therefore every man to his house in peace. Thank God for a man of God who had a dream, who saw in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Bible tells us that Jeremiah, the prophet, Jeremiah 1 and 5, that he was ordained a prophet unto the nations from the womb. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou came, camest forth, out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. But even this man, I, want, I was talking about the weight, the gravity of the word of God on a preacher's shoulder, on a prophet's shoulder. Um, even this man had to deal with that. And in some situations, he was most notably one of the prophets that preached and preached and preached and they never repented. They never listened. They never obeyed the word of God. 
Amen. Verse 20, or chapter 20, verse 9 says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. Why? Why profited God? And we're talking in chapter 20 into his prophecies many, many times, over and over and over. He's telling them, you guys need to repent. You guys need to turn back to God. You need, uh, Babylon is going to come and take seeds. Their judgment is coming. The man of God is preaching and preaching and preaching, but nobody is listening. Nobody responds. Nobody obeys the word of God. Hallelujah. And the, and the message doesn't change over the course of 20 chapters. It's the same message. God gave it once. He gave it twice. And, and it never changes, brother. Now it's the same message. Amen. We're living in 2023. Amen. And some of us in Pentecost, I'm saying us, amen, have desired, amen, to change some things, amen, about, amen, Pentecost. Maybe if we change this or we change that, it might be more acceptable, amen, to this modern generation. But let me tell you, amen, we need to repent of that kind of mentality. Amen, I don't want, amen, to change anything. Hallelujah. It's got to be the same message. Otherwise, it's not a prophet. Otherwise, it's not a prophet. Hallelujah. If they change it, the message, if they change the message, it is not a prophet. Hallelujah. Jeremiah was a prophet of God. He decided instead of changing the message, he would just stop preaching the message. Nobody's listening anyway. It's a waste of time. But, verse 9 again, Jeremiah 20. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. Verse 9, J Jeremiah chapter 20. I want you to see this. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire. His word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay Jeremiah is saying I'm literally fighting this fire inside of me I am I am uh, maybe it wasn't literally but metaphor I am I am struggling amen to keep this contained within myself I see so much going on around me I see so so much uh, so many people ignoring uh, what they know is right that they know in their heart of listen I'm looking in, in 2023 at young people amen generations in my age group and, and perhaps even younger I mean they know what is right some don't Amen. But there are more that know what's right than what to admit it. Amen. But they're using these cheap, lame excuses. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't want to, this is not where I'm going tonight. So I don't want to spend too much time there. Amen. But the, let me tell you, amen, young people. Amen. You need to get a hold of, of what thus saith the word of the Lord. Get a revelation of what God has to say. Hallelujah. Let it be like a burning fire shut up in our bones. Amen. This is what distinguishes, amen, a real man of God, amen, from the charlatans. He keeps on preaching even when no one is listening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I don't ever, amen, want my pastor, amen, to get behind this pulpit and not have an ear to listen to what does say the word of God. Hallelujah. Dream, pastor. Dream, pastor. Preach, pastor. Have your visions, pastor. I'm here for it. I want to know what thus saith the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We're nearly, we're making progress. I'm, I'm scrolling, guys. We're getting there. It's taking time. Some things just take time. Genesis chapter 37, we read a familiar passage of scripture, or at least we read about a familiar individual, Joseph. He was familiar with the dream and interpretation process. When God spoke to Joseph and to others around Joseph, God knew he had a man that was willing to interpret those dreams. Even in hard circumstances, Brother Goff, even in difficult settings. Now, as a young man, he was ignorant. We can read about in verse 3, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made a coat, made him a coat out of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren. They hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. So in this context, Joseph dreamed a dream, verse 5. And he told it to his brethren. What a dummy. Now this guy had a dream. And I guarantee the boy fully understood what was going on. Because you can read later in scripture, and maybe he didn't. Uh, we do read where his dad, Jacob, does provide an interpretation for him in this passage of scripture. So maybe Joseph doesn't have the full interpretation. Amen. But he's, uh, so maybe let's play on that ignorance. Uh, but even if he did, he was willing to tell his brothers. And they, the Bible says, hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For we, for, for behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood around about, and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brother say, said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. So it wasn't just a dream, but that some of the things that he would say kind of irked him. Hey, remember that dream the other day, guys? <laughs> Man, I, I wasn't there. Just using my imagination. <laughs> Amen. But, but he, he apparently was stirring up trouble in the, in the Jacob household. And, and brothers are getting mad at brothers as brothers usually do. Amen. But, but Jacob wasn't, wasn't helping matters. I mean, he, he was walking in the Holy Ghost. He was, he was speaking a word. I'm, I'm that... He wasn't walking in the Holy Ghost. I'm being uh, sarcastic here. But, but he was, he was, he took the dream and then he, he, he let everybody know what the dream was. And perhaps he didn't understand the interpretation, but his brothers sure understood it. And Genesis chapter 37 verses 9 through 11 tells us another story that he dreamed yet another dream. 
And he told it to his brethren and said, Behold, dream to dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon, 11 stars, made obeisance to me. Sun and the moon and the 11 stars. There's somebody else in the story. And he told it to his father. This guy really is an idiot. Dad, guess what? I had this awesome dream, and you were bowing down to me. Okay. Uh, told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father, the Bible says, rebuked him. And maybe Joseph was ignorant of the, of the interpretation of the dream in this particular passage, but he learned. He learned that there was significance to his dreams at the very least. Well, he might have known the interpretation at this point, but he may not have. But at the very least, we understand that Joseph learned that there are significance to dreams in this passage because his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him. But his, father, but his father observed. His father observed. Started watching Joseph a little closer. We can fast forward the table. I don't want to recount all of Joseph's story. Safe to say that Joseph did not experience his dream immediately. Or the interpretation thereof. He had to go through some things. And some of y'all could probably preach it better than I can, so I'll, I'll leave it to you. Amen. But in Genesis chapter 40, dreams start happening again. I'm oh, sorry, let me, yeah, is it 40? Yes, good. In verse 40, or chapter 40, Joseph is gone. He's sold into Egypt. He worked at Potiphar's house. Amen. He goes to prison, and now he's in prison. And in chapter 40, we pick up in verse 2, the Bible says that Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers, and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in word, uh, in ward, in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. And he served them, and they continued a season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them. And notice this, each man his dream in one night. Both of them were dreaming the same night. Don't tell me that this isn't a divine dream. This is a dream from God. Now, I'm not saying that these prisoners were prophets. And I'm not even sure I'm saying that Joseph was a prophet. I want to make application with this whole story in just a moment. But there are dreams happening. And these men need to understand. They wake up out of their dream and they're confused. They don't understand. There is something about this dream. There's something special going on here. Each man dreamed his dream in one night. Each man according to the interpretation of his dream the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. So, I don't know how word got to him. I don't know what the story was. But somehow, somebody found out that there's an interpreter in the prison house. So Genesis 40, verses 12 through 14, the Bible says, Joseph said unto them, this is the interpretation of it. 
three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand. After the former manner, when thou wast his butler, but think on me when it shall be well with thee. And show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. I don't want to be in prison anymore. Amen. I didn't do anything to get here. I'm just living my life, having dreams and interpreting them. Okay, what's the interpretation of the next? We had two guys. Two guys had a dream. We have Chief Butler or the, the cupbearer, and we also have the Chief Baker. The Chief Baker has a dream, and he goes also to Joseph, and the Bible says in verse 18, Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head from off of thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the bird shall eat thy flesh from off thee. And it shall come to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. I think this is very interesting, that Joseph... Uh, there are some minor nuances, and I don't want to spend too much time here, but there are minor details within each of these dreams that at first they start off pretty similar. Pharaoh's going to bring you up out of prison. He's going to bring you in front of everybody, parade you in front, and now you're going to receive judgment. One of you is going to be able to continue working in the king's house, and the other one's going to be put to death. But you're both going to be raised up. And isn't that... Just like God, when he gives a direction to a man of God. Some, let me tell you, those of you who have heard direction from God, I mean, who have received direction from a prophet and from words from God, I mean, and those of you who have read God's own word can tell or can attest to this point that the words of God, every single word is specifically chosen. There's not a mistake. Every word is chosen for a purpose. And in our lazy interpreting skills of dreaming, we might misinterpret the dream. We might misunderstand or misapply. Amen. I know for sure. Amen. My attention to detail is not sufficient enough. Amen. To tell the difference. Okay, I can see three baskets. Okay, three days. That makes sense. Okay, three days. Okay, lifting the head up versus lifting the head off. Th those are very similarly structured sentences that have two totally different definitions and meaning amen but this young man joseph to whom was given the ability to interpret dreams was able to discern the difference and gave an accurate interpretation i wonder what would happen if if Joseph had misinterpreted, had interpreted correctly for the butler, but had misinterpreted for the baker. I wonder if he would have, uh, you know, the baker, they both get in there and they're all having a party and the baker's like, oh no, I'm getting ready to die. And then the, the butler sees all this and fast forward the tape a couple years, which is what, how long it took him to remember. Not everybody has a memory as good as Billy Goff. And man, I, I stand in okay company with this cupbearer. Took two years for him to remember to bring Joseph out of the prison. 
Amen. But I wonder if he had gotten that second interpretation wrong, he might have not recommended Joseph. This guy is inconsistent at best. He might have meant well, but he's inconsistent at best. But because Joseph nailed every single word, because he nailed every single letter, because he was truly inspired by God with this interpretation. In fact, he admitted as much. Verse 8 of Genesis chapter 40, Joseph said unto them, do not interpret, uh, interpretations belong to God? I'm giving God the credit for this. This is not about Joseph. Joseph is merely the mouthpiece. He's merely the one providing the communication capacity. Amen. But God is the one that performed the interpretation. And so, amen, we read the story. This is not the last dream that Joseph interpreted. Genesis chapter 41, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass at the end of two full years, there's hope for all of us, that Pharaoh dreamed... And he beh and behold, he stood by a river. And the Bible starts describing the dream. Let's skip down to verse 5. Verse 5 says, And he slept and dreamed the second time. So two dreams here. Behold, the seven years of corn came upon one stalk rank and good, and he continues to describe that dream. And verse 8 goes on to say, And it came to pass in the morning that the spirit was that his spirit was troubled. So after Pharaoh dreamed these two different dreams, uh, the Bible says that when he woke up in the morning that his spirit was troubled and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof and Pharaoh told him told them his dream there was one that could interpret unto Pharaoh uh, sorry but there was none that could interpret unto Pharaoh so Pharaoh's reaching out to all the magicians all the smart people all the wise people hey guess what I need somebody to tell me an interpretation of my dream amen but Pharaoh was wroth with those guys uh, Verse 9, let's back up verse 9. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults today. I do remember. I remember. There is somebody that can help you, Pharaoh. He got both of our dreams and interpretations perfectly correct. Uh, let me recommend Joseph. And the Bible says, verse 10, Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me in word in the captain of the guard's house both me and the chief baker and we dreamed a dream in one night I and he we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream and then you can proceed and, and I failed to include I mean the part of the scripture where, where Joseph goes on but you can read the passage of scripture it's really the entire chapter Genesis chapter 41 where Joseph accurately interprets the dream. For, for Pharaoh. And then he gets promoted. How many of you know the story? How many of you don't know the story? Good. All right, everybody knows the story. There we go. Now I don't have to tell you the rest of the story. Amen. But I don't have to go into major detail. But I want to bring out the, the important point is that because Joseph was willing, amen, even in good times, well, in good times, he told the chief butler, hey, man, you're going to be restored to your position. You're going to have a good life ahead of you. You're going to be right back where you used to be, totally uh, exactly the same way that it was before. But, uh, Baker, you're going to die in three days. And in both cases, he was willing, amen, as a true man of God would, to tell the whole truth without cutting out or leaving out anything. Because the interpretation wasn't his own. Interpretation was not something he engineered in his own mind. 
He was telling the interpretation that God had given to him. I mean, you could read, I mean, I don't want to take too much more time here. Amen. But you can read Daniel and, and talk about the story of Nebuchadnezzar where God gave Daniel the same kind of ability. Amen. To, to uh, dream and interpret dreams. Amen. But I do want to tell you one more story about a man by the name of Jacob. Jacob. He worked seven years for Rachel and his daddy-in-law left, his father-in-law left out a clause in the contract and said, you know what? If you're going to have Rachel, um, you got to work seven more years because the, uh, the way we do it around here, the, the oldest daughter gets married first. And so, again, he stuck around for another seven years. And Verse, there, there, you can read through the story, but he didn't just leave with Leah and Rachel. He also had a bunch of children during that process. And some of the children that we're talking about right now, uh, Joseph and, and his brothers, the ones that were arguing and trying to, the ones that sold each other and, you know, the, those guys. And uh, the, the Jacob household, as it were. And, and, but Jacob was told by Laban, you know what? I feel kind of bad that I made you stick around for another seven years just to get Rachel. So, you know what I can do? I'm going to give you all of the ring-straight cattle. And I'm going to give you all the spotted cattle. And Laban thought he was pretty smart because he, he thought that he was going to get up the better end of the deal. Because uh, in those days, the most important cattle were not the ring-straight and the spotted. The valuable ones were the ones that had a pure uh, and clean coat on them and so Laban's like all right man you can have all the all the spotted ones all the nasty looking ones I'm gonna take the clean ones the Bible tells us uh, let's just read it in Genesis chapter 30 verse 25 it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said unto Laban send me away that I may go uh, unto mine own place to my own country give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee and let me go for thou hast uh, for thou knowest my service, which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I, I pray thee, if I have found favor in mine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for your sake, for thy sake. I'm blessed because of you, Jacob. He said, appoint me thy wages. Jacob responding to Laban said, okay, tell me what you're going to pay me. And he said, I will give it. Uh, and I will give it. Verse 29, and he, he said unto him, thou knowest how I have served thee. How... Uh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood that. Verse 28, it was, um, it was Laban telling Jacob, tell me what you want to keep, to, in order to keep you around so I can continue to have the blessing of the Lord upon me. Verse 29, he says, uh, Jacob responded to him, you know how I have served you, how thy cattle was with me, for it was little uh, which thou hadst before I came, and now it is increased unto a multitude. And the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And now when shall I provide for mine own house also? And he said, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything if thou wilt do this thing for me. I will again feed and keep thy flock. I will pass through all thy flock today and remove from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle and all the brown cattle among the sheep. And, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such 
shall be my hire. That's going to be my wages. Verse 33, so shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come when it shall come for my hire before thy face. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats or brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And Laban said, behold, I would it might be according to thy word. That's a great idea. Great idea, Joseph, or, or Jacob. This is, I get to keep all the nice ones. You get all the ugly, spotted, speckled, and everything else. And, and perhaps Laban is thinking, that guy's an idiot. That guy does not really know how to negotiate well. He's, he's, he's going to leave all the nice cattle for me, and he's going to take the ugly ones. But let me tell you what happened next. Jacob has a dream. Genesis 31 verse 10. And it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived that I lifted up mine eyes and I saw in a dream. So at the time that it was time uh, for the cattle to, to begin to conceive, Joseph went to sleep and he had a dream. All right? And this is what was in the dream. Behold, the rams which leapt upon the cattle were ring-straked, speckled, and grizzled. And the angel of God spake unto me in the dream, saying, Joseph, I said, Here am I. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes and see all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ring straight, speckled, and grizzled, for I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. And it was from this dream, I believe, amen, that Joseph did what he did next. He was inspired out of his dream. He said, I'm going to separate. All my cattle. I'm not going to leave it mixed in between. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take all the ring straight, all the speckled, all these that are mine, and we're going to go apart. We're going to go apart a day's journey. I can take the time. Pastor's doing an excellent job right now on Tuesday night talking about separation, understanding separation. But I want you to notice that was the first thing that Jacob did. He separated his flock from the other. And then he goes on and carves rods and puts some strakes, uh, strakes in them and puts spots in them and specks on them. I mean, he's in minor detail. I mean, he's not missing a, a single detail. He's getting these rods uh, and he's carving into them what he wants the sheep and the, the goats to see. When they came forward to get another drink what they would see are those rods what they would see are the ring strakes they would see the speckles every time they came back for another drink every time they were hungry every time they were they come back and they would once again see and they would go back out to their flock where there was nothing but ring strake speckles and spots all they saw brother goff they never saw another plain coated animal they never saw another uh, individual animal that had that kind of pattern that was just that was for laban's type they were all amen after the same image amen i'm getting ready to close sister tori whoever's playing the music you can come genesis chapter 30 verses 36 through 39 verses the bible says and he said three days i'm sorry i said days journey but it was three days journey betwixt himself and jacob and jacob fed the rest of laban's flocks and jacob took him rods and green poplar 
of green poplar and of the hazel and of chestnut tree and peeled the white strakes in them and made the white appear which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had peeled before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs, when the flocks came to drink, that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle ring-straked, speckled, and spotted. This is how this man, I, I, maybe this is where Joseph got all these dreams from. I don't know. Daddy got, daddy was dreaming and so Joseph began to dream. Amen. But this is how he saw it in his mind and said, you know what? I've got an idea. I'm going to figure out a way, amen, to take these ring strakes and take this cattle to reproduce after what I have seen. That's exactly what a good shepherd does. Amen. If we could all stand together. This is my prayer tonight. I want the man of God to dream big. I want his vision to be much broader than I could even ever imagine. I mean, if you, you can begin to play when you have a song. I want my pastor, I want a man of God to pray and to seek after the word of God. Deliver a pure, unadulterated word. Maybe those other men that had cattle nearby, Laban and Jacob's flock was like, man, what's with all the ring strengths? What's, what's with all the stripes? What's with all the spots? What's going on? They got a disease over there? What, those guys look different. J Jacob is like, you guys did not see the dream that I had. They're doing exactly what I want them to do. They're reproducing after their kind. My, my. I don't know about you. Amen. But I want a man of God with vision. I want a man of God that knows how to dream. What does the Bible say in, in Proverbs? Chapter 29, verse 18. Many of us probably know it. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy is he. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. It's a vision does not come without keeping the law. It's such an important, integral part of the word of God. Hallelujah. It seems to me that keeping the law, hearing a man of God with a dream, with a vision, is a key to obtaining that vision and not perishing. Joel chapter 2 verses 27 through 29 and ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed and that shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants, upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. I want the man of God to have perfect liberty in every service to just tell the dream. Speak the word faithfully. I, I wonder if we could come around these altars and pray for Pastor Riggin. Can we do that?
pray that God would give him a special grace in this last day and age to minister to preach to help to to deliver what thus saith the word of the Lord hallelujah God anoint my pastor put a special anointing on him God to reach this generation I've seen you do it over and over and over I've seen you use him God in Africa I've seen you use him even today in Texas God I'm asking that you would give him a door of utterance in this city in Olathe God we're asking Lord for liberty God hallelujah we want to hear hallelujah the faithfully spoken word of God we want to obey hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, Jesus. God, would you continue to give him dreams and direction, Lord, and inspiration, God, and vision. Hallelujah. Use him in a mighty way, God.